Welcome to We'll Ride for Wine, a podcast about wine, writing, and song, but mostly wine and writing, with your hosts, Samantha Graves and Lonnie Diane Rich. Take it away, girls. Thank, Thank you, Wanda. Wanda. Welcome to We'll Write for Wine. This is Lonnie Diane Rich. And this is Samantha Graves. We're here to talk to you about wine and writing. Today's episode is on comedy, what makes the funny funny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we have stories and all kinds of funny stuff. Lonnie is even wearing her cheese hat in honor of the show, and I'm wearing the glasses with the nose and the mustache. <laughs> right. And let me tell you, ain't nothing funnier than a cheese hat. <laughs> But that's all later in the program. First, we have wine. Yes, we do. Sam, what are you drinking tonight? Tonight, I'm having a 2004 Rock Bear Shiraz mm-hmm. from Australia. Mm-hmm. $14 a bottle, 14.5% alcohol, uh-huh. and a screw top cap. Well, there you go. How cool is that? Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of liking the screw top caps. I know. They're, they're easy. Kinda, they're really easy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, there are no notes on the bottle. And they have a website um, listed on their bottle, so you'd think that you could go there and find some wine notes, but no. <laughs> I had to go looking. Uh-huh. So from the Wine Spectator, a polished, generous, and sharply focused wine mm-hmm. with plum, blueberry, and licorice flavors sailing through <gasps> the long, supple finish. Sailing. That's a new one, That huh? is new. That is yeah, new to like our whole sailing. wine writer vocabulary. Yeah, That's very yeah. nice. Uh-huh. So sharply focused, too. I think that's yeah. kind of an original yeah. phrasing there, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How mm-hmm. interesting. So what do yeah. you think? Well, I'm a little ticked off because I <laughs> had to go looking for the notes, which greatly affected my rating. Because <laughs> if it makes you cranky, it loses a glass. It yeah. does. You lose a half a point from the Russian judge if you do not have a decent website. But it's a nice Shiraz, very strong, very Shirazi. Uh-huh. And I was going to give it a three. Yeah. And then I was going to give it a four, because it okay. really is a four wine. But the three just kind of, you know, well, just for all my effort. Because they irritated anyway, you? Yeah. They got on your nerves? Yeah. And because mm-hmm. it costs so much, so. <laughs> right. So I'll give it a four, I guess, in the end. Yeah, well, what do you do? <laughs> so what are you having? Well, I'm having a Cobblestone Farm Chardonnay from Cobblestone Farm Winery in Romulus, New York. <laughs> As you can tell, I'm going through my Finger Lake stash. <laughs> Getting to the bottom now. Um, this is one of my favorite wines ever, though. I love their Chardonnay. And I'm draining my last drops of it tonight in honor uh, of comedy. Yeah. It's got 13.8% alcohol. So that's mm-hmm. that's nice and handy. Mm-hmm. And uh, if I remember correctly, it was like around $12 a bottle. Something nice. like that. Worth yeah. every dollar. I like Good. it. Um, I, they didn't have any official wine notes either. They got a really crappy, you know, website. Get on it. You know, Cobblestone know. Farms. You know? I have three websites that Honestly. I do by myself. I mean, really. Right. And they can't do one. Yeah, they can't I do know. one. I know. What are they, too drunk? I don't know. Uh, They've got <laughs> Cobblestone Farm Winery. Like, it has a website, actually, which is good for, a, you know, a little local New York winery. But mm-hmm. it's one page, and it has, no inf- it has, like, their address and everything. But it has no information about what <laughs> wines they have or Jeez. anything like that. So I couldn't get any wine notes, which I was in. There was nothing on the bottle. Oh. So I was kind of so, um, so I basically, my notes are it's a light, dry Chardonnay with a hint of an oaky kick on the back end. <laughs> I'm making it up, people. Anybody wants to hire me to write for your wine, I will happily do it. Um, but I'm giving it, you know, I'm giving it a five. Awesome. Because uh, it's really, you know, you have to work hard for me mm-hmm. not to like you if you're a wine. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Chardonnay and me, we just have this history. I'm very fond of Chardonnay. So, yep. yeah, I just, um, I'm easy. I'm just, I'm easy. That's it. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I'm like talking about making a three and a half. Rating. I know. <laughs> I like that half a point doc for the Russian dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, now that we know what we're drinking, we need to talk about who we love this week. Time for shout outs, shout offs, and announcements. Well. I'm going to give a shout off to my cat Oliver. Oh God! Who, oh who God! Another Oliver story. And love. Did he throw yes. up something again? No, but he tangled with the skunk. Oh dear! In the garage. Oh no! So not, not only does oh. my garage and surrounding vicinity smell like skunk, so does my cat, <laughs> who doesn't understand why I don't want him sleeping on the bed with me. <laughs> oh Oliver, did you um, douse him in? I hear like tomato juice. If no. you bathe him in tomato juice? Yeah, you know what? He'd have one drop on him and he'd be gone. <laughs> he is like <laughs> the biggest chicken cat. <laughs> so he doesn't mind the skunk juice, but the yeah. tomato juice is where he's drawing the line. <laughs> I see. Go, Oliver. <laughs> well, my shout out this week goes to iTunes. Because they finally recognized our great potential here mm-hmm. at Will Write for Wine and made us a featured podcast (laughs) we are in the arts uh slash literature section Mm -hmm. um if you go to featured podcasts we're on the second of five pages (laughs) so we're 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 there we're slightly buried but we're there Uh so to those of you who found us through itunes uh the itunes featured page i salute your diligence because if you found us, you worked hard to do so. And uh, welcome aboard. It's awesome. So there are actually people listening now who don't know us. I know. How <laughs> cool is that? Complete strangers. Like not related us. to us or anything. I know. It's yeah, really it's pretty, pretty cool. cool. That's cool. <laughs> so, and for those of you who helped us get there, thank you. Yes, thank you. And we are number 92 on Podcast Alley. I know. A whole bunch of people. I think these new people who don't know us have yeah. been voting. So we I love know. you, new people. We love this you. Thank awesome. you. And yes. we got a new comment. I've been checking okay. it every day. <laughs> we're so pathetic. But you know, you know we're just like, oh my God, we got to know But the only shot we have, because they, they do this weird algorithm kind of thing where like yeah. at the beginning of every month it resets. So if you get like one vote in the first hour, then you're number one, baby. You know, so oh. like... I'm always like, everybody vote now because, <laughs> because then we can, Mike could get just like sliding in there. I want to get into that top 10. I will drink booze in a box. The offer still stands. We ever make the top 10 on Podcast Alley. And I'm not talking about top 10 in arts. We're like number four in arts. No, yeah. I'm not. I'm, not ta- I'm talking about front page, major, hardcore top 10. That's what I'm talking about. I will go out and buy booze in a box and I will drink it all week long. I swear to you people. You know, I'm going to do it on the 31st at midnight. I know, seriously. I just won't. <laughs> and be like, what? Happened? Just to see the number one. I, we will. We will. Take we'll a, be number one take for a about... screenshot of it and like right. post it on the website. We're number one. Right. Yeah. Although, I'll, if you do that, I will have to get the booze in the box that because technically we'll be number one on the. But, you know, I don't care. I don't care. Yeah. As long as we're in the top 10 on Podcast Alley on the front page anytime, somebody take a screenshot. If you see it, send it to mm-hmm. us and I will buy a. Um, a big old box. <laughs> <laughs> Drink one oh, glass and make my husband have the rest. That's what I'll do. There you go. That's right. And I think that covers us for shout outs and shout offs and announcements. We will be back in a minute. At Will Write for Wine, we want to make it perfectly clear that we do not encourage excessive drinking. Excessive drinking is bad. It hurts you, it hurts your family, it totally screws with your ability to put lipstick on properly, and we do not encourage it. A little drinking, though? Now that's a different thing. After all, wine is good for you, right? It's good for your heart, it's good for your cholesterol, it's loaded with antioxidants. And 
Sometimes when you've had a really long, exhausting day and your kids are making you nuts and your husband has forgotten to take out the trash again and you start to become what some people might consider a little edgy, in that case, having some wine is a kindness, a public service even. So just remember that we here at Will Write for Wine do not encourage excessive drinking. We do, however, encourage you to not beat your husband over the head with a garbage can lid, and if it takes a little bit of wine to prevent that, then we suggest a light Chardonnay. And we're back. I'm Samantha Graves. And I'm Lonnie Diane Rich. And this is Will Write for Wine. <laughs> it's time for our Will Write for Wine question and answer, and providing the question this week is Dawn. <laughs> Dawn asks... Uh, my beloved has decided, since I'm so enraptured in my project, he wants to read what I've written. He is not the intended audience. He reads hard science fiction and espionage books. I write <laughs> romantic suspense. He can't help but tease me about my reading materials. So needless to say, I am reluctant to let him read what I've written. He looks nothing like the romantic hero. He is in a snit because I password-protected my laptop after he attempted to read a scene in progress. Our husband's the normal beta reader. (laughs) This is going to be a fun one to answer, I think. And you know what? This week we're going to break from tradition and actually answer this question. All right. Yes. So here we go. Right. It all depends. (laughs) Um, Fish doesn't beta read my stuff. I mean, he would... You know, probably if I asked him to, but he's just not my audience. I write for women. Uh, my husband's got a soft side, but not quite that soft. Um, he loves my stuff when he reads it and is very supportive, but he's just not who I write for. So I don't have him read in the beta stages. I do love it, however, when he's reading my stuff and I catch him laughing. It makes my whole damn life. It's wonderful. <laughs> As for the rest of it, you know, I think I need to talk directly to Mr. Don. Is he there? Mm-hmm. Go get him, Don. I'll wait. Okay, Mr. Don, are you there? Here's how it is. Number one, Don was right to password protect her laptop, and to be honest, you're lucky she didn't throw it at your head. I would have. <laughs> the early stages of a work in progress are tender and personal, and she shouldn't have to show it to anyone, you included, until she's ready. Now, I know you didn't mean any harm, and since Don's so cool, I'm sure you're a great guy, so I'll just chalk it up to you not knowing any better and let you off the hook with a warning. But if it happens again, she's going to be completely justified in kicking your ass. Got it? <laughs> Second, her hero is nothing like you. Don't take it personally. It doesn't mean she wants Mm -hmm. something else. It means she has an imagination. That's a good thing. Trust me. She's going to write about a woman who is nothing like her, who lives in a house that is nothing like yours. It means nothing. It's just storytelling. She married you. That trumps all. Third, don't make fun of her reading material ever Mm -mm. again. Mm What you read is no better than what she reads. As a matter of fact, I'm going to give you a piece of advice that will change your marriage. Ask Dawn for her favorite book and read it through cover to cover without prejudice or snarky comments. At the very least, you'll learn a little more about your wife. And at the very best, well, I'll leave you to figure that out. (laughs) So that's all, Mr. Dawn. You are dismissed. Now go pour her a glass of wine and run her a bubble bath. She'll be there in about another, I don't know, I'll say 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ditto. Uh, don't mess with writers who've been drinking. That's all I can say. Uh, my husband doesn't read my work either, and I don't ask him to. Mm-hmm. But he is smart enough to know to never go into my computer and read anything, whether or not I've been drinking. <laughs> because the trip to the ER will still look the same either way. <laughs> but that's a great question, Don. To get your question 
on the show and answered, hopefully. <laughs> Send them in to feedback at willwriteforwine.com. Now for this week's We Recommend segment. Right. Each week we're going to recommend something, music, books, movies, TV shows, websites, whatever that we love so we can share them with you. Sam, what are you recommending this week? I'd like to recommend cryptograms. <laughs> I have had a lifelong addiction to these. Um, Even when I was a kid, words fascinated me. Mm -hmm. So I have scoured the internet for good cryptogram sites and found one that I really like at cryptograms.org. You can play to your heart's content, match your time against the average, get your performance rating. It's all very fun, so go strain your brain. Oh, yeah, that's really cool. I love cryptograms, and I haven't done them in Uh. forever. That's so cool. I I had no idea they'd be online. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. This week for me, I'm recommending Ramsey's Kitchen Nightmares. (laughs) This is a. This sounds good. Oh, God, it's so good. (laughs) You would love it, too, because there's cooking. Um, Oh, okay. This is a program that's on BBC America right now on Thursday nights. I'm taping it uh, as we speak. And um, I highly recommend it. Um, It'll be premiering on September 19th on the Fox Network, the American version. Yay! For those of you who don't know, Gordon Ramsay is this famous chef. I fell in love with him during the first season of Hell's Kitchen. Oh, wait. I just clicked and my script just went, oh, 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 Hell's Kitchen. Okay, great. Um, And we're back. Exactly. (laughs) This is what happens when you don't click and drink, I'm telling you. Okay. um, Anyway, I fell in love with him during the first season of Hell's Kitchen. Where a bunch of aspiring chefs compete to run one of his restaurants. Basically, it's The Apprentice with food. The Mm. thing that I love about Ramsay is that he is so rude. I mean, he curses them out, he screams, and my favorite part, he calls them donkeys. (laughs) Every now and again, he's like, what are you, stupid donkey? You know, and he says it in this British accent. It's just really cute. (laughs) But in the end, though, I mean, it's genuinely tough love. He really helps Mm -hmm. these people do better. In Kitchen Nightmares, he goes to failing restaurants and then helps them succeed. He's very straightforward, but actually really kind until the owners start to resist his help, which shockingly, even though they went to him, (laughs) happens quite often. Then he just goes off on them. In the end, he can usually save the restaurant, which means saving families and dreams. I mean, I just Hmm. love him, especially when he calls people donkeys. I don't know why I love that so much, but I do. Adam and I watch the um, the Hell's Kitchen all the time. Like whenever it's on, every year we watch it. <laughs> he mm-hmm. just always is like, he's always teasing me about how happy I get whenever you know he calls somebody a donkey. I'll like actually you know on the DVR rewind it and watch it over again. <laughs> like you just called him a donkey. I don't know why. You, you have to see Gordon Ramsay call somebody a donkey to really understand why get that's it? so funny. <laughs> it's funny. It is. <laughs> I believe you. Right. (laughs) And uh, that's it for We Recommend. Uh, We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back in a flash. (laughs) It is funny. A sexy international art thief with a license to steal and a past she can't escape. An ex-cop with a murder to avenge and nothing left to lose. Calculating Killer launches a deadly game. From the heat of Havana to the streets of New York City, the race for justice is on. Sight unseen by Samantha Graves, now available at a store near you. Thanks for coming back with us. I'm Samantha Graves. And I'm Lonnie Diane Rich. And this is Will Write for Wine. 
Yay! <laughs> Tonight's show is on comedy, which Lonnie writes so well, and I occasionally dabble in. Oh, stop it. Your dabbling is brilliant. <laughs> it's so funny because Sam doesn't consider herself a funny writer, and yet no. she's one of the few writers who can genuinely make me laugh out loud. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when you do that. Anyway, tonight we're here to discuss humor and comedy, how it works mm-hmm. and how it sometimes really doesn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's my feeling that you can't teach somebody to be funny. It's either there or it isn't. But most people, I find, have some kind of sense of humor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At least most of the people that I hang out with. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> have you ever known anybody who hasn't had any sense of humor whatsoever? Yes. <gasps> I don't know if I have. It's, I mean, is it worth living? I, I mean, honestly, if you can't live this life and be mm-hmm. able to laugh. Oh, seriously. What a miserable that life. It would be terrible. It would be terrible. So. Oh, gosh. Well, I, yeah. I think it's interesting to see how different types of humor appeal to different people. Like, mm-hmm. you got your dry humor, which, like, Dorothy Parker is really great. She's a very dry wit. Um, your stupid humor, your Farrelly brothers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> your Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. Yeah. Um, and your British humor, et cetera, you know. Um, so much to talk about. And there's no way we're going to get through it all. Right. <laughs> So if you're looking for an in-depth analysis, we're just really kind of taking a whack at it. So So, um, anyway, I'm going to start the discussion by asking Sam one of the most divisive humor questions anyone can ever ask. Uh Uh-oh. What do you think of Monty Python? Monty Python. Well, (laughs) I'm going to be brutally honest and say that most of the time, the humor escapes me. (laughs) (laughs) You know... I think, I think actually, I believe, and I haven't uh-huh. seen any evidence of this anywhere, but I believe that, you know, that so much can be told about a person by whether or not they like Monty Python or not. I well, think there's a personality I, type to it. I mm-hmm. think there is. And I realize that many, many fine folks love his work. <laughs> I, however, find it slightly bizarre. And somewhat... it's, not a, it's not a him, though. It's a team of people. Well, whatever. Find it's... them. <laughs> Maybe... Somewhat confusing. Maybe that's why I'm confused. And at times, right. just downright disgusting. Like the one guy who kept chopping off the guard's body parts oh, in the Holy Grail. It's just blood a flesh was wound. spurting. <laughs> you know, that just Come makes back, me go. I'll bite Ew. your kneecaps off. I love that. <laughs> it's disgusting. <laughs> Jeez. Well, I love Monty Python. There's a classic absurdity to them that is extremely polarizing. I think you either mm-hmm. love them or you hate them. I don't think anybody feels like meh about Monty Python, you know? Yeah. Um, I got into Monty Python during college when the comedy troupe that I was in did the argument sketch, which I love. <laughs> There's one part that I always thought was hilarious, and Sam and I are going to perform an excerpt of it for you right now. Right now? Yeah. And, we, and I agreed to this? Well, not technically. <laughs> What are you going to do? You want to start over? Oh, it's in the script. Oh, crap. (laughs) There Um, it is. Okay. It's okay. You can can be the straight man if you want. Oh, something different. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Here we go. Going to get a knocking sound effect and put that in maybe later. Okay. If not, it'll just be the knock, knock, knock sound. Okay. (laughs) Come in. Ah. Is this the right room for an argument? I told you once. No, you haven't. Yes, I have. When? Just now. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. You didn't. I did. You didn't. I'm telling you I did. You did not. Oh, I'm sorry. Just one moment. Is this a five-minute argument or the full half hour? Uh, Just five minutes. Ah, thank you. Anyway, I did. You most certainly did not. 
Look, let's get this thing clear. I quite definitely told you. No, you did not. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. You didn't. Did. Oh, look, this isn't an argument. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. It's just a contradiction. No, it isn't. It is. It is not. Look, you just contradicted me. I did not. Oh, you did. No, no, no. You did just then. Nonsense. This is futile. No, it isn't. I came here for a good argument. No, you didn't. No, you came here for an argument. An argument isn't just a contradiction. It can be. It, no, it can't. An argument is a connected series of statements intended to establish a, propo- a proposition. No, it isn't. <laughs> yes, it is. It's not just a contradiction. Look, if I argue with you, I must take up a contrary position. Yes, but that's not just saying no, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. Argument is an intellectual process. Contradiction is just the automatic gang saying of any statement the other person makes. No, it isn't. <laughs> Thank you very much. We're here for all week, folks. <laughs> Tip your waitresses. The veal is wonderful. Um, so, see, now some people out there listening right now did not think that was funny. But a lot of you guys did. I know you did because it's funny. <laughs> I find it hilarious. Sam, what did you think? Is this a real sketch? I mean, does somebody actually got paid to write that? I mean, how old are we supposed to be here? Like 12? Because I could swear someone just taped my kids in the backseat of my car yesterday, and I had this uncontrollable urge to pull over. (laughs) Now, see, meanwhile, this is the sketch that sold me on Monty Python. This is the first Monty Python thing I had ever seen, and it was so funny to me, I almost died. Of course, it's a a much longer sketch. I mean, Mm -hmm. we just did a little part of it, but still, it's very funny. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I think we've illustrated here how sense of humor is really very subjective. Yes, (laughs) that's true. And something that's performed, though, there's so much more than the words on the page. It's in the inflection of the voice and the timing of the lines. When you're writing a book, for instance, it's it's harder to make the funny funny. I think you just have Mm -hmm. less options available to you. Um, And I think when you're writing, the best humor really comes from situations and character. For Mm -hmm. instance, we could talk about Polly. Oh, Polly. My most favorite <laughs> secondary character ever. I love, I love Polly. <laughs> See, Sam doesn't think she's funny, but in Sight Unseen, she introduced the character of Polly, who I found hilarious. <laughs> From the first moment, I fell in love with Polly, and I'm like, you have to make him a bigger part. And then I, like, forced her at pretty much gunpoint to put him in the second book, too. So he's in Out of Time, coming to you next year, yes, August is. 2008. Um, he's this skinny, spazzy, computer geek sidekick, the tech guy the main characters would be lost without. Right. Um, he's the perfect comic relief character in that he's so real and relatable, but he's also really brave and admirable when, you know, when he needs to be. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't want to get shot, but, you know, he's stuck. He's stuck. Um, so what makes Polly as a character so funny? I mean, is it just that he's so different from everyone else? And here's everyone so serious, and there's life and death, and then Polly's saying things like, we could go all over Hell's Half Acre for this asshole for nothing. It <laughs> <laughs> really says, uh, one of my favorite parts, it's only a matter of time before they come looking for us, Dax. You know what they do to guys like me in prison? I'm going to spend my days trying to convince Bubba that I don't want to be his girlfriend. <laughs> And there's a million of those lines in there, too. There I mean, are, I was, just, yeah. I was flipping through Sight Unseen today and reading all this stuff, and I was like, oh, my God, I love Polly. I love him. So Polly's an example of a funny character that doesn't know he's funny. 
mm-hmm. which I think is kind of a um, kind of an important distinction. Um, I think you get the most mileage out of those types, like your Becky Bloomwoods and your Bridget Joneses and your Michael Scotts. Um, but there are also characters that know they're funny, that make witty observations and engage in sharp banter and all that kind of thing. I think that most of my characters are like that. <laughs> Most of my characters think they're very funny, even when they're not. (laughs) (laughs) And those can be really tricky characters to write. Um, Brenda Scott Royce does this great character of Holly Heckerling in her monkey series. The first one was Monkey Love. (laughs) And the second one, are you all right? right, Good. (laughs) The second one just came out called Monkey Star. See, monkey's a funny word. (laughs) And you know... We'll get back to the script in a minute. But, you know, they say that if a word has a K sound in it, it's funnier uh-huh. than, like, some words are funnier Eskimo. than other words. Eskimo yeah. is funny. Ducks. Why, the, yeah. You know why there's so many ducks in jokes? Why? Because duck is a funny word. Yeah. Or donkey. A donkey chicken. <laughs> right? Yeah. Chicken. Oh, right. See, I said the word chicken and automatically you're laughing. Chicken is a funny word. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. So, I mean, these are all things, and donkeys are very, very funny. See, there you go, because it's got the K in it. Now I can explain it to fish. Um, <laughs> some words are just funnier than others. Anyway, um, the challenge with Holly, Heckerling, who has a K, mm-hmm. so she's automatically funny, um, is that she's a stand-up comedian, so she kind of has to be funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when you that. tell people you're funny, you really are put on the spot to actually be funny. And that takes the whole game up a, up a notch. Um, mm-hmm. Lucky for Brenda, the author, she really pulls it off with these books. I mean, Holly finds herself in these outrageous situations, which are really funny. But her particular take on the world is just funny as well. Um, but this also comes as a function of character. I can't think of a single funny character who doesn't use their humor kind of as a form of a defense mechanism. Mm-hmm. You know, like you think of the, the the people that are the characters that are funny and that know they're funny, like your David Addison. You yeah. know, everybody knows David Addison from Moonlighting. If not, go rent it. Oh my God, it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it jumps the shark really bad <laughs> after season three. It's so sad, but it's really, really good up until then. Um, yeah. But he's one of those people that um, that it's actually it's not just that he's a funny guy. You know, and he's like, boom, boom, you know, but it's like actually a function of his character that he is funny because that's a big defense mechanism for him. And he actually Mm -hmm. gets funnier like when he's in more emotionally stressed and and taught situations. He actually gets funnier. He's always, Mm -hmm. always funny. He's always making quips even when he's upset. So I think that's really interesting. I think that the humor in those cases comes from a real place rather than someone, you know, genuinely trying to be funny. It's just a natural function of the character of who they are. Right. That makes sense. That makes sense. Anyway. <laughs> I wonder how many times I can use the word funny in one podcast. Somebody keep track. Okay. I think the key to the kind of funny is that the person um, doesn't have to try too hard. Right. Um, so it's, no matter what kind of humor you like, if someone's being funny in a way that's genuine to them, then I think it works. You know, even if it's not necessarily your taste or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Brenda is naturally funny. So she's good at writing a funny character. Um, when humor fails, I think, is when people are actually trying to be funny mm-hmm. you know you know you've seen that like yeah. the people like um I, was, I used to work at a grocery store and then i i always remember on new year's i would you know people would come like always the same guys the same like older guys they were like you know in their 60s and they'd like to flirt with a little teenager and they come in and they buy their stuff on new year's eve and then they'd be like as they're leaving they're like see you next year <laughs> you know <laughs> And 
the, you know, I mean, stuff like that. Like, there's people who use these really horrible, like my dad was one of them. My dad was really into puns. Mm-hmm. And he oh. would tell, like, oh, gosh, is there any worse kind of groaner joke than the pun? Mm-mm. You know? And, I mean, God bless him. He was really sweet. But <laughs> all these puns just totally used to embarrass me when I was a kid. Um, <laughs> but anyway, you know, what's, what's, what's great about those characters, though, is that sometimes with those characters who are trying really hard to be funny and then are not, they actually flip it over and become funny again. Right. <laughs> like, like Michael Scott from The Office. <laughs> I mean, he's trying to be funny. He's using hackneyed phrases like, that's what she said. Don't go there. You know, and he does all these, like, <laughs> he's got, like, Mambo number five on his cell phone. And, I mean, just oh, all these ridiculous God. things that just define that character. But the brilliance of The Office is that you have this character who's trying so hard to be funny, and he's failing. Mm-hmm. But it's the failure itself and everybody's reaction to it that, is, that, that be, then becomes funny. So. <laughs> It's like this weird, you know, crazy house mirror effect. You know? <laughs> um, yeah. I, just, I just completely lost everyone on that. <laughs> well, you lost me as soon as you said monkey, because I just can't get past that word. Remember our monkey mix? Our monkey. Oh, right. right monkey mix. Christmas, funny. Everyone that, loved it. Was, it was. Because it, it was, was like funny. This little- hot chocolate mix that we made for christmas yeah, it's like this cappuccino yeah. coffee thing and, and it was yummy we need to it was yummy again. and it was funny i know we, we hung a little monkey the, the, little, little, the little barrel of monkeys <laughs> with the little santa hats and stuff right. oh my gosh i forgot about that <laughs> that was brilliant i'm telling you we should make him again this year and give him ways as uh, prizes for the show but anyway um <laughs> all right so let's just talk about some of our favorite funny moments like as what, far what, as do, like what the do you movies? think is funny? I know I've been, yeah, let's go, okay. let's go to movies because everybody knows movies. I'm talking about yeah, books yeah, that people yeah. might not know. Well, you know, mm-hmm. Princess Bride. Oh, well, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you get mm-hmm. a Princess Bride. Sleep well and dream of large women. <laughs> He's been mostly dead all day. Have fun storming the castle. And my all time fair- uh-huh. favorite, Mawen. Because <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Speech, I love it. You know, speech problems are always funny. Well, I don't know what it is. It's just this whole character. Right. Mowage. Mowage. <laughs> and it was also the situation. He's talking really slow, and they right. wanted to go really fast. There's all this stuff going on. He's totally oblivious to it. It's great. But see, it's now, great. the Princess Bride, you love the Princess Bride, yet you don't like Monty Python. No, I love the Princess Bride. Monty maybe Python is a there was step no, more like, absurd. I yeah, think. maybe that's why. I, think I, also, more absurd. Mm-hmm. I also like Young Frankenstein. You see, know? Young Frankenstein, I never got. Ah, oh, see, I love to really put got. the candle mm-hmm. back. <laughs> I like the um, the putting on the Ritz. Putting if on- you're blue and you don't know where to go to, why don't you go where fashion sits? And he's got the monster like, put it on there. <laughs> <laughs> see, now that I thought was funny. But you know what? Mel Brooks movies. Again, you got your yeah. blazing saddles. You got yeah, your, you know, was high velocity. You got your all the. I I yep. don't get the Mel Brooks movies or not. Well, some of them I get. Some mm-hmm. of them I don't. Yeah, not so much like Spaceballs. Mm. That was that was very. Yeah, funny. I didn't. I didn't really. Yeah, yeah, that was that was okay. So. See now that's, anyway. that's interesting though. But yet I like Monty Python. So Mel Brooks is too. <laughs> too dumb humor for me, but I'm into Monty Python. So that that doesn't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why that is. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, one of my favorite funny movies is The mm-hmm. Ref. Now, not everybody has seen this movie. If you haven't seen it, save it for Christmas time, but you have to watch it with your family. <laughs> 
it's this kind of semi-dark comedy about a terrible family and these terrible people that get um, held hostage by an inept criminal on Christmas Eve. <laughs> so Dennis Leary plays this incredibly hostile criminal, and he has some of the best lines ever in any movie, anytime, ever. <laughs> Because these horrible people are, like, fighting and battering at each other, and he's just watching, like, completely amazed. He can't believe of all the people in the world that he had to, like, kidnap (laughs) and hold hostage. He's got these people. So at one point, he starts on the grandmother, who's, like, the worst of them all. I mean, she's just completely this horrible black soul of death, you know? (laughs) And he says, what is the matter with you? I thought mothers were sweet and nice and patient. Your husband ain't dead, lady. He's hiding. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I mean, the whole thing. The sad thing about the movie itself is that the story could have used another go with a script doctor. You know, Mm -hmm. like the story itself is lacking. But these moments with this family, I mean, are just so incredibly classic. And we (laughs) get this one point where, and, you know, Fish and I quote this movie to each other. All the time. And there's this one time where, um, you know, put the kids away if they're listening because it's kind of a little dirty. It's a little insinuative. <laughs> but um, it's, uh, they're get- Caroline is getting drunk. She's the wife. She's getting drunk. She wants to divorce her husband. She's all mad. She's telling everybody at the table, like this whole table full of the family stories about their sex lives, how they used to drink and smoke pot and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> and his mother is there and he's like, Caroline, why don't you eat something? And she's like, why don't you eat me, Lloyd? You know? <laughs> I mean, it's just like there's all these really hilarious moments in this mm-hmm. movie with the family parts. And unfortunately, the story doesn't live up to how funny. But I watch it. We watch it every year. Mm-hmm. Fish and I watch it together all the time because it's just so un- incredibly funny. And I think <laughs> it is because it's one of those things with like um, family is such a relatable experience for everybody. And that's one of the things I think that makes comedy, 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 I'll drink anyway, comedy (laughs) accessible to people is when it's something they can relate to. And I think everybody can relate to having family members that make you insane. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You you just want to tell them off, you know, and by the end of this, you know, whole family, I mean, they're all in the same room and they're all yelling at each other. (laughs) Just, And there's these two kids that, like, while these people are cursing and yelling at each other, the adults are getting completely out of hand, and they're just loving every minute of it. They're like, yay! (laughs) Are Uncle Lloyd and Aunt Caroline going to fight? Their fights are bitching. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, it's, have you, you've never seen this movie? No. Oh, my gosh. You, you have to watch it. I'll watch Mm -hmm. it with you. It's fabulous. Okay. It's absolutely fabulous. (laughs) So, uh, sources of funny. Mm Mm-hmm. We've got characters who don't know they're funny but are. Like Polly and Becky Bloomwood. Mm-hmm. Characters who know they're funny and are. Like Holly Heckerling and David Addison. It's a great mm-hmm. example of a character who knows he's funny <laughs> and still manages to be funny. It's very hard to do. Yeah. Irony and ironic situations like in The Ref or Galaxy Quest where the people who played space explorers had to deal with an actual alien situation which is actually <laughs> this is one of my all-time favorite movies also I know I love this one. what's your favorite yeah. part what's your favorite funny moment in that movie when they beamed the uh, rock the the rock monster on board and he started taking out all the bad guys and stuff that was just so great and then, and then the guy says it's the little things <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, it's been so long since I've watched Galaxy Quest. Oh, it's so funny. And then the one part where they, they beam the captain aboard, you know, Tim Allen, uh-huh. and they finally get him aboard after they exploded the pig or whatever it was that they tried the first time. <laughs> they get him aboard, and the guy goes, I see you managed to get your shirt off again. <laughs> I need to watch that movie again. I yeah, or a guy. Guy. He's like, I'm the one. I'm the one that you see in all the movies. I'm the one that's going to die on the planet. Do I have a last name? Oh, <laughs> Do right. I have a last name? Do I have a job? <laughs> see, now that was funny. That's like in one of our sketches that I did with that comedy troupe in college, which is, yeah. um, um, there was this one line and I will always remember it. It was, it was a, you know, Star Trek kind of, you know, playoff or whatever. And they called that guy Lieutenant Expendable. <laughs> <laughs> but like, they, like, they'd be like, Lieutenant yeah. Expendable, you come with me. And he's like, oh, God. Because, <laughs> you know, he's the red shirted guy who's going to die on every episode of Star Trek. There's always the one guy in the red shirt who gets blown to pieces. You know? Yep. <laughs> he's always going to die. <laughs> like you know what stop wearing the red shirts people <laughs> and then at the end of the movie they gave him like a last name <laughs> guy lieberfinger or something like that i don't know it was great <laughs> see that's really funny but you know what it else was. okay mm. there's a movie that i love that i think is really hilarious and people make fun of me for it all the time <laughs> the happy gilmore you yeah, still you haven't seen it, right? This. I haven't seen it. Okay, Happy Gilmore is Adam Sandler, which usually, honestly, Adam Sandler humor mm-hmm. is usually a little too stupid, for, even for me. Yeah. <laughs> even for me, Adam Sandler makes me nuts. I hated Billy Madison. I hated mm-hmm. most of the stuff. I liked Big Daddy, and I liked Fifty First Dates. And aside from that, I mean, pretty much everything he's been in has driven me nuts. But, um, <laughs> but Happy Gilmore, to this day, is one of my favorite movies of all time. And I cannot even tell you how what makes it different from... <laughs> from any of the other stupid movies that Adam Sandler's in, but there's just something about this movie. <laughs> Fish and I watch it together all the time. And, um, you know, we just absolutely love it. And there's this one time, there's this one thing where he's really stupid. He's like singing to his girlfriend through the, um, through this intercom thing through the, she's mm-hmm. leaving him and she's down at the bottom and he's like talking to her through the intercom in the, in his apartment and he's, you know, singing songs to her and he's trying to beg her to stay and all this kind of stuff. And she just walks away. And then you see him singing this, uh, I want to touch you all over that song. <laughs> 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 and she's gone and there's like a kid and then an old Asian lady there, you know, <laughs> and so then they cut to the next scene and it's the next morning and he's late for whatever it is that he has to go to. So he jumps up out of bed and he gets dressed and everything and then you see the old asian lady in his hockey jersey with a box of cereal she's like what you know what breakfast (laughs) (laughs) and from that moment that movie had me there's like a million Uh really really stupid things in that movie and yet it's Mm -hmm. still hilarious to me and i don't know why i like that movie (laughs) but i do but anyway okay so more examples Uh you've got your absurd humor like monty python no one expects the spanish inquisition what? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Is that something I should know? No, well, <laughs> classic Monty Python. You know what? There are oh, people okay. out there who listened and heard me say that, and you laughed. You know you did. Uh-huh. So email us and tell Sam how the Spanish Inquisition is funny. Okay. All right. <laughs> it really now, is. Are, are we done being funny now? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I'm not sure these four people can take anymore. <sighs> That's good, because it's hard work being funny, it you is, know that? It is, it is, I know. <laughs> it's not easy. I know. <laughs> and now, it's time for more wine. Absolutely. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break to refill. We'll be right back. All right. <laughs> 
For 29 years, Carly McKay has known that her mother was never coming back. Her father was never going to file for divorce. Her little sister was never going to grow up, and that psychics were full of crap. This year, all that changes. From award-winning author Lonnie Diane Rich comes The Fortune Quilt, a heartwarming story about family, psychics, love, and quilts, and what happens when they all collide at once. Publishers Weekly calls The Fortune Quilt vibrant. Kirkus Reviews calls it beguiling. And you can call it yours if you just head on down to your local bookstore because it's available now. Pick up your copy today. Thanks for coming back with us. I'm Lonnie Diane Rich. And I'm Samantha Graves. And this is Will Write for Wine. Mm-hmm. Want to win some great prizes? Yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Head on down to willwriteforwine.com and give us some feedback. Mm-hmm. We're looking for questions, wine suggestions, or just general commentary on the show. Mm-hmm. Each month, all eligible entries will go into the wine bucket. At the end of the month, we'll pull out a name, and uh, that person will win a fabulous prize. Yes, speaking of which, our winner of two signed CDs from Adrian Pierce is... Debbie Nahal. Yay, Debbie. Email us with your address and we'll get the CDs, Small Fires and Fault Lines, uh, Fault Line, right out to you. (laughs) Yes. Thanks so much to Adrian for donating that fabulous prize. Yes. Congrats, Debbie. For September, we have two signed books, The Comeback Kiss by Lonnie Diane Rich and Unmasked by C.J. Berry, also known as Samantha Graves. Yep. All you have to do to enter is send us an email at feedback at willwriteforwine.com or comment on our website. We will announce the September winner on our first October show, so send in your comments and suggestions now. And up next we have... Dun, 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 dun. You're a little late on the queue there. <laughs> <laughs> the weekly weigh-in. How'd you do this week? Well, uh, I cleaned up and redid my Samantha Graves website. Ooh, good for you. Yep. I moved my C.J. Barry website to a new host and totally oh, redid yeah. that one. Mm-hmm. So you know how much fun it is to move it to a new host. Right. Yeah. yeah I created a C.J. Barry MySpace. Uh, don't ask me why. Because <laughs> like, I don't have, don't have enough, enough space. Yeah. I got three now. <laughs> And I have the revisions to do for uh, Out of Time. I got some of that done today, but mostly I did cryptograms. No, no, no. (laughs) Cryptograms and Bubble Shooter are completely justified. (laughs) And you know why? Yeah. Today was my first day alone since the kids went back to school. Oh, yes. Yes. Celebrate this week. The kids (sighs) went back to school. Oh, my God. The angels actually came down over my house. Exactly. And did a rockin' version of Aretha Franklin's Respect. Let me tell you. <laughs> it was so, wonderful. So I oh had a God. really hard time today. I was just like reveling in the silence. Oh, right. Of I being know. alone. I know. It was I mean, so nice. It, it's fabulous. I mean, I love yeah. my kids and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. But there's, there's such a thing as too much of a good thing. <laughs> Especially when it's constantly, I want water. <laughs> I want juice. Give me Cheerios. Ah. Feed me dinner. Whatever. (laughs) Anyway, I got my kids back to school this week, which was very exciting. And Mm -hmm. so I took one day to just sit and read. Yes, Mm -hmm. but I I sat and I read, though. And reading actually is kind of part of the job. Yeah, it is. Because you really do have to read a lot and write a lot, and it's kind of part of the whole process of keeping that uh, that stuff going. So mm-hmm. I'm still reworking the same story, playing with different ideas, kind of letting it solidify. And I wrote 
my synop for this for that story this week. I rewrote it entirely, tore it apart, and rewrote it entirely, and that was seven pages single spaced. Yay! So that's actually quite a lot. I'm that's actually a lot. Very, that's I'm like fourteen pages or right. however many words it exactly. comes out to. Exactly. <laughs> Whatever. I don't know. I didn't look at the words. I think it was like twenty five hundred words or something like that. But I mean, it was yeah. good. You know, it was good. really good. Yes. Very good. Well, you got more done than I did. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. There's always next week. <laughs> Well, that's actually tomorrow. (laughs) Tomorrow I will be working. (laughs) Oh, drinking the wine. Okay. Yeah. No. And now it's time for this week's Random Etc. Where we do whatever we feel like because it's our show. (laughs) This week, staying on topic, we share our favorite funny stories. Oh, right. I love this. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. So I'm going to share what is commonly known around my house as the moose story. (laughs) Now, for those of you who are not familiar with my past, I will let you know briefly that when I was 22, I went to Alaska with my best friend, Tracy. And we were uh, two New York girls who decided to go to Alaska for the summer to work the fish canneries because we were told that there was money in that. <laughs> that was a big, fat lie. To we get women barely to go to Alaska. Right, to get women to go to Alaska, <laughs> these young college kids who don't know any better. And so we went up there and basically made enough money that we could afford the tent that we didn't have to pay rent on. That's how much money we made. Most We worked for the, like, the, I mean, there were a whole bunch of canneries that were doing really good work and were, like, working 20-hour shifts and having all this overtime. And we worked for, like, the loser cannery that, like, had no, you know. I mean, it was really sad. We came to Alaska, and, um, you know, we're two girls from New York. We have no idea. We have a tent and, like, duffel bags. And we're just like, yeah, we're going to do something with fish, you know. (laughs) And we thought that we would get there. We were told that we would get there, and there would be tons of people that were hiring. But we were there, like, 15 Mm -hmm. days. It was, like, two weeks (sighs) too early for the salmon season, but uh, but after the halibut season. So nobody had any work for us. And they're like, well, Mm -hmm. you can't stay here if you can't work. So. We had no place to stay. So I go in, like, we go in, we're weeping. Finally, we get to, like, the last cannery out of, like, ten canneries that we went to, and they were all like, no, 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 you can't stay here. You know, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. You know, we have no place to stay. So right. we go in, we're, like, weeping. This guy, and I kid you not, a Filipino guy is, like, three and a half feet tall. <laughs> His name was Dante, and he could kick your ass. I mean, he was this <laughs> tiny guy. He was like maybe 110, you know, dripping wet. And there was nobody who would mess with Dante because he would, he would mess you up, man. He was a very scary guy. But we went in, we sat down, we talked to him. We were like, ah, yeah, we know we played today. He finally gave us a place to stay. So we set up our, you know, tent in the back of this cannery. You know, it was beautiful. It was like trees <laughs> everywhere. It's gorgeous land, you know, but of course mm-hmm. nothing going on. Out there in the wilderness behind the cannery. So most of the time we spent that summer, we weren't working. So anyway, one day, Tracy and me, we're not working. We're sitting around. We're hanging around at the uh, at the campsite, you know, trying to cook mm-hmm. a little can of soup over the fire. I mean, it was really like <laughs> Depression-era hobo living. It really was. So anyway, then all of a sudden we're sitting there, and we we hear this, like, boom, 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 boom. You know, and you could feel the vibration in the ground, right? So we look up at each other and we're like, what? You know, because in New York, you don't have to deal with this. You know, even in upstate New York, there's not a whole lot of in the ground, right? So we're thinking, you know, well, there's earthquakes in Alaska. It could be an earthquake. We're like looking at each other. We're like, what the hell is it? Right? So we both look up, right? And we see these two moose. Now, a lot of you haven't been to Alaska or even to, like, uh, places north where there are moose. So let me just tell you, the moose are big, flipping big. animals. I big. mean, these are, like, 600 pounds a pop. 
a thousand pounds of pop, six hundred pounds of yeah. the baby moose, you know. <laughs> and they're fine as long as it's not a mama moose with a baby moose because then she will kill you, mm-hmm. you know, if you get anywhere near them. But I mean, like people would go up and they put their arms around the moose and they take yeah. pictures with the moose and the moose is just there chewing like whatever, dude, you know, they're basically like the stoners of the wild animal crowd. <laughs> so anyway, so then <laughs> we look at each other, we see these two moose and they're two big full grown moose running right towards us. And we're like, ah! We scream, we throw the soup up in the air, it flies over to the other campsite next to us, we run into our nylon tent, (laughs) and we zip up both the outside, you know, fly, you know, screen, and the inside nylon door, and boom, 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 boom. and we look at each other, because we're inside a nylon tent. Like, if we're in the moose's way, I really don't think that this is going to... And so we look at each other. We're in this life or death situation. And Tracy looks at me, and I look at Tracy, and we go, Camera! Okay, so then we go into all of our stuff. And we pull out our cheap little, you know, 35-millimeter cameras that we're taking pictures with all summer. And we're trying to undo the, the nylon thing and then this fly screen and the zippers. And let me tell you something about the zippers on a nylon tent. Man, that is a complicated system. There's like this zipper that goes down at the bottom and this zipper that goes up the middle. And then you got to do the whole thing. So here we are. We're doing the whole thing and blah, blah, blah. And this blah, 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 blah. <laughs> ground is shaking and the moose are coming and so we open it up and we stick our heads out we've got our cameras and we're trying to take pictures and the moose zoom past us <laughs> and then right behind it is dante's 35 pound terrier <laughs> right behind him and the moose are terrified of this dog terrified the moose were shitting all the way you could see moose poop everywhere they emptied their bowels for the 35-pound terrier. Named, by the way, Poopsie. <laughs> and we never did get that picture. And that, thank you very much, is the moose story. Oh, my God. <laughs> very, very funny. Tell it to all your friends. Okay. Oh, God. So now you go ahead and share your funny story because this story, I don't want to get you guys, you know, too hyped up for the story. But when I first heard the story of the Sam and the Vets Tower. We were driving to to the Rochester airport. (laughs) Ready to go to the RWA National Conference. And we're just killing time and chit-chatting. She tells me the story. Told stories, yeah. I have, I will tell you right now, I have never laughed as hard as I've laughed at this story. (laughs) Not to set up your expectations. Yeah, don't set them too high. Don't set them too high. But I just have to tell you, this story almost literally killed me. (laughs) Go ahead. So just, just, um, if you're driving right now or if you're drinking a beverage, put everything down. That's all I'm saying. All right, go ahead. Okay. Well, first off, I have to tell you all about my parents. (laughs) I love her parents so much. Now, you know, I love my parents. They Uh made me who I am today. Right. Mm -hmm. However, they are also slightly insane. (laughs) For example, my dad once shot the railing off the back porch deck trying to kill a squirrel who was making him crazy. We've moved 40 or 24 times because he'd buy a house, gut it, fix it, and sell it. And this was his idea of fun. And then there was the time that my mom came down to visit me after I had my son. And Mm -hmm. when she got back home, they had goats. (laughs) 
to mow the lawn. Except that, come to find out, goats are picky about their lawns, and now they have goats that they have to feed expensive wait, 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 food wait, 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 wait. to. Okay, no, let's just let's just step back for a minute. Okay, you guys have to understand. Her mother goes away for a weekend. Yeah. And her father buys goats to mow yeah. the lawn. To mow the lawn. <laughs> to keep the lawn. Except he doesn't know anything about goats. They won't eat the lawn. He, he thinks he's just going to buy these goats and they're going to keep his yeah. lawn all nice and tidy and trim. That was what. That was the line he gave my mother. That's something and, my husband yeah. would do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 17 years later, they still have goats. <laughs> so needless to say, when my hubby and I got engaged, I brought him up to meet my parents for the first time, but not until we were actually engaged. Right. Mm -hmm. And I didn't tell him that the reason I waited so long was because I don't want him to know how crazy they were until then. (laughs) Until you had already gotten him in a commitment, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But when we drove up there and I saw the water slide, I was a little worried. Okay. Wait, describe the water slide. Okay. Because it isn't just, it's not just your little pool slide. We're talking a full-blown water park water slide. <laughs> like 70, 80 feet long, all windy and big and blue. Not only that, since there was no supporting structure, it was just laying on the side of the hill by the road. So you couldn't miss it, you know? side of the hill by the road? It wasn't so, even, was it your property? Was it his property? It, no, it was his property, but it's right, you know, you couldn't miss it. So I'm doing my best to ignore it. And you know... How most new in-laws meet the fiance, bring him mm-hmm. into the house for mm-hmm. coffee and cookies. You go through the photo right. albums and stuff. No, not my parents. <laughs> my dad drags us out to see the slide. But <laughs> now, what still, what was he going to do with the slide though? Why did he buy well, the slide? Because he was going to make a park. He's going. He, I, I have no idea. <laughs> but still, I figured I was safe because we'd be married before he actually got it working. <laughs> <laughs> But now, this slide was huge. I mean, up close, it was like six feet high and four feet wide, and it was just huge. So while my dad and my fiancé are chatting over in the corner, I'm talking to my mom, and I'm saying, what is dad going to do with this? And she said, I don't know, but I told him he couldn't go down it or he'd kill himself, right? (laughs) Then my fiancé goes running by me and says, I'll be right back. I need to get my swimsuit. (laughs) And I'm like, what? There's no water at the top of the slide. There's no pool at the bottom of the slide. You can't go down it. And he says, oh, no problem. We've got it all figured out. Oh, no. Famous last words. Never listen to a man who says we've Uh -uh. got it all figured out. Next thing I know, my dad is running the garden hose up to the top of the slide. My mom and I are standing at the bottom of the slide with this big blue plastic tarp stretched between us. That... Was the plan the two of them came up with. <laughs> and as the water started to run, I'm thinking to myself, I mean, it's this whole, I'm standing there, I'm thinking, am I the only one who thinks that this is just wrong? You know? But apparently so, because we get the all clear. I look at my mom, and I literally said to her, if dad scares this one away, I'm going to kill him. Like it wasn't already too late, you know? Right. So. My fiance starts coming down the slide. Oh, and at first he's like, woohoo, having fun. Everything is fine. He's going. He's liking it. And then he starts picking up speed. I see a foot come up. 
and then a hand, and then he's yelling, whoa, whoa, and he's going faster and faster, and my mom and I are looking at each other with huge eyes, and we started to lift the tarp up like that was going to do any good, and he hit the straightaway and shot off the end of the slide like a freaking cannonball, completely missed the tarp, hit the dirt, and rolled 57 times to the bottom of the hill. Hand to God. You know, he lands, he's not moving, and I figure he's dead, you know? My dad comes running down the hill, and he yells, that worked great! (laughs) And my mom, you know, you and your mom holding the term. My mom and I go to get my my poor husband-to-be and help him up, and luckily he's got no broken bones or anything, so I dusted them all off, and I said, honey, welcome to the family. I just love I love the image of you and your mom. We're looking at each other, and we're just, and we're watching, and we're like... He was four feet off the ground when he came off that slide. I swear to God, it was like midair shooting. He was like a rocket. Oh, my God. Oh, God, I hurt. And I've already heard this story like three times, and I'm still in pain. I love that story. Oh, man. Oh, God, sorry. And he still married me. Can you believe it? <laughs> still married me. That's and here love. we are 18 years later. And I know. Are. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Yeah, so that's our favorite funny stories. Oh, God, that hurts. My stomach just hurts. All right, well, I guess that takes care of this week's random, et cetera. <laughs> well, it's time for a refill. <laughs> we'll be right back. If a half-hour week of Lonnie and Sam isn't enough for you, we've got some suggestions. First, there's LiteraryChicks.com, where Lonnie blogs with fellow writers and hilarious gals, Michelle Kuna. Whitney Gaskell, Eileen Rindall, Alicia Holiday, and Beth Kendrick. Every month brings new special guest authors and new giveaways, so stop on by. For more Sam, go ahead and click your way on over to SamanthaGraves.com. She's got the latest news, contests, and some great giveaways. There are also links to her blog, her MySpace page, which you got to go there, and the website for her alter ego, C.J. Barry, author of award-winning futuristic romances. So be sure to check out LiteraryChicks.com and SamanthaGraves.com for more from the girls. Well, it's time for Last Call Hero. We'll rate for wine. Thanks for hanging out with us. Be sure to send us your wine suggestions at feedback at willwriteforwine.com or in the comments section on the website. Send good wine suggestions to me. Sam. Send cheap wine suggestions to Lonnie. <laughs> me. Also, don't miss our cool Cafe Press store where you can get all sorts of fun Will Write for Wine merchandise. My voice is actually sore from laughing so hard. I am literally losing my voice because I was laughing so hard. Tears streaming down my face. It's a funny story, people. Okay. Anyway, we've got baseball caps, messenger bags, cool mugs, coasters, loads of shirtwear, and, of course, huge water slides. No, we don't. We don't have the water slides. I'm just joking about that. The and neither can... does my dad. My mom made it. <laughs> made him take it down. Made him sell it? <laughs> yes. Did he sell it on like eBay or something? I don't where know. Do you, I suppose where do you, you could. Get, where do you get how do a you massive water park water slide? I mean, uh, I mean, how do you say for sale 70-foot water slide? <laughs> I mean, who's going to look need... at that and say I want that? 
I so need to meet your parents, though. See, I am in love with her parents. I've never met them. But she's told me these stories about her parents, and I'm completely in love with them, and I have to meet them. Anyway. Well, you know what the funny thing is? Uh I was talking to my husband about the story. I was telling him I was going to tell it on the podcast, and he goes, you know, that one moment explained a lot about you. (laughs) I think it explains a lot about him, too. Yeah. I think the fact that he was willing to go down the water slide. For me. Speaks volumes. Exactly. He could have died. You know, when he was about three quarters of the way down, I pretty much was saying, I was always trying to figure out what I was going to tell the coroner. Oh, (laughs) Well, see, my dad, let me start at the beginning. He got these goats. (laughs) Anyway. It all started with the goats. (laughs) He should have set the goats down. That would have oh been my, funny. <laughs> no kidding. Oh, my God. The goats. The goats. And he's still, how many goats does he have? Oh, God. He's got like six or eight or something. <laughs> I love your you parents. Yeah. All right. Anyway, the Cafe Press link <laughs> can be found in the right-hand column at the website, willwriteforwine.com. Yep. And don't forget to vote for us on Podcast Alley. Your votes count new every month. So if you voted in August, you can vote again. Yes, and we, please do. Yes, yes, could be, because we are getting closer to the wine box range. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. So we're like, what, 92? Or, we're like or, 92. Yeah. We yeah, just need yeah. a handful of people. Just oh, go in and vote. I know. Yeah. As soon yeah. as you listen to this, just go in and vote. Yeah. Well, you still remember. Okay. <laughs> right. Or review us at iTunes. Right. We like them now, too, uh, because they finally featured us. <laughs> right. <laughs> they show us the love. We show them the love. That's, That's right. And don't forget our word of blog contest. Mention us on your website mm-hmm. and send us a link to your page, either email or in the comments on the on the blog entry on mm-hmm. our website. And uh, we'll put you in a special drawing for a very special prize. A character in my next book named for you. Which is really cool. I think that's <laughs> right. really, really cool. Now, a next week's show is our sixth anniversary. Oh my God, has it been six months? It's been six. Can you believe that? Wow, we're I so know. cool. We are. We are. <laughs> uh, this will feature a retrospective and a listener truth or dare. Wait a minute, did we put that in there or did we change that? Listener ah. truth or dare. <laughs> Not what a listener truth or dare. I Wait, no, no, no. <laughs> I like this idea. What was our idea? It, that was probably my our original, <laughs> my idea. Apparently, our original uh, script for this was listener truth or dare. So they ask us a question, and we can either tell the truth or take a dare. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm totally 13 years old. Let's do that. <laughs> Send us your question or a dare, and we will either oh, answer the question or do the dare. Go ahead, send it in. That was probably my idea. Okay. <laughs> my ideas are usually not well thought out. Like, this will be cool. And then it doesn't work out that well. So go ahead and do it. Let's see what right. happens. Right. <laughs> so we, we need listener participation here. Right. Now is not the time to be shy. Mm-hmm. Ask those grilling questions you've always wanted to know. <laughs> Although I can't imagine that there's anything we haven't really shared. It's not like we're not terribly forthcoming. All right. Tell us about your favorite moments from Will White. Will (laughs) Mowage. (laughs) Speech impediments, always funny. Will write for wine. (laughs) What made you laugh? What made you cringe? What made you grab a Shiraz and start drinking with us? (laughs) 
<laughs> Tell us everything. That's right. Bring it on. Uh, <laughs> mail us at fe- or email us at feedback at willwriteforwine.com or leave a comment on our website. We need you. You are providing next week's show material. If you don't do it, we'll have to write it ourselves. And you've seen what a mess that can be. <laughs> <laughs> And remember, remember the creating a hero. Oh, you just don't oh, want to go there. Goodness. Oh my goodness! I know. We don't have make to us redo make it up. Yeah. Don't make yeah. us make it up on the fly because we yeah. will suck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and remember, every email you send us gets you an entry in this month's giveaway. So send those questions and comments on in. And dares. Remember, and dares. every question should come with a dare. So if we yes. don't want to answer the question, we can do the dare. <laughs> and so many of those questions we can't answer, as you've seen. anyway until next time this is lonnie and this is sam saying if you can't write for money (laughs) then write for water slides (laughs) (laughs) then write for wine people all right good night (laughs) (laughs) we'll write for wine is brought to you every week by lonnie diane rich and samantha graves visit us at willwriteforwine.com where you can find show notes, news about what we're up to, and sign up for email notification when a new show is available. And don't forget to friend us on MySpace at myspace.com slash Music provided by the good folks at the Podsafe Music Network, music.podshow.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, please tell your friends. Go vote for us on Podcast Alley. Leave a glowing review in iTunes. Just send us a note. Really, we'll take pretty much anything. Because aside from wine and writing, we don't have a lot going on here at Will Write for Wine. And whenever you vote, leave a nice comment. We get very, very happy. So take a minute out of your day and make our whole week. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you here next time on Will Write for Wine. It's not morning anymore, so I have a diet cola and another diet cola. But then I'm feeling fine and I'm feeling pretty sharp and I'm feeling pretty wired and I'm getting things done. But right about two, I get this little tiny migraine. It starts by my eyes and it moves to the back of my neck and it moves to the bottom of my spine.